So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, today we're gonna talk about Darwinism and uh, Darwin's dangerous idea by um, by somebody, you know. The exact book title is gonna be down in the description and or maybe even in the title or also probably in the title. Um, I'm very sorry, I just don't remember all the things that I'm gonna go through or that I'm going through. And um, it is a, a pretty difficult book to go through for me because, you know, because I don't know anything about whatever he's talking about. Nothing, just completely nothing. I'm still gonna go through it and I'm just really gonna try to read it as well as I can and read it as, you know, well, also consistently well as I can. And um, so that it is just a little bit of a pleasant thing for people that do know what it is all about and do just wanna listen to it and do just wanna know what's inside of this, but don't wanna read it on their own. And because of that, the link to the description uh, yeah, to the description, of course. No, to the podcast is down in the description. So if you want to listen to it as it, you know, as if it would be uh, an audiobook, then just please check out the podcast because this is actually a podcast. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, enough being said, uh, we're going to go through it. The possible and the actual. Does it make a real difference if the winning lottery number is chosen after you buy your ticket or do you still have an opportunity to win a real opportunity if the winning number is sealed in a vault before the tickets are put on sale? Question mark. I think, you know, at my point of view, if you would actually be doing this, then, then you know, people would be like, oh, yeah, there must be some, some, some trick or there must be something they're doing so that nobody's gonna ever win and stuff like that. So, so... Of, of course, like, it, it doesn't just change anything. It really does not. If the number is chosen before you buy the lottery ticket or after you bought it, uh, it doesn't really matter. But I do think that, and, you know, second of all, I mean, if it is uh, broadcasted through TV or on TV, I think on TV, then, um, then of course, you know, you're also getting paid for doing that. Uh, you know, you're also getting paid for just the viewers that are there and that are watching the advertisements in between those um, pauses, if there are some pauses and, and stuff like that. So just an additional way to make some money, I guess. And um, well, okay, of course, you could also be doing this if you just, you know, if you've chosen the number before, but, but you know, if you just pick the numbers or the balls or however they're doing it in your country, then um, yeah, then there is a little bit of a longer process. Well, anyway, I think it doesn't change anything, but I do guess that there might be some people that are having some conspiracy theories or however they are called. I don't know. Anyway, even completely intact dinosaur DNA would be powerless to recreate a dinosaur without the aid of a dinosaur DNA reader. And those are just as extinct as dinosaurs. You need a dinosaur ovary. I don't know what an ovary is. An ovary? A female reproductive organ in which ova or eggs are produced. I see. There aren't any horned birds and we don't know why. Might it be because they are ruled out by a biological law? Question mark. Are horned birds flat possible? Flat impossible? Threats in actuality in design space. In chess, when there's only one of uh, one way of starving of disaster, it is called a forced move. Such a move is not forced by the rules of chess. A certain and certainly not by the laws of physics, but by what Hume or humans might call a dictate of reason. And yes, you know, it's, it's not a very pleasant move to make. 
because you're forced to do it by your opponent. If we found the inhabitants of another planet using our Arabic numbers, we would be quite sure that it was no coincidence that there had to be a historical connection. Why? Because the space of possible numeral shapes in which there is no reason for choosing one over the other is vast. The likelihood of two independent searches ending up the same place is vanishing. Like, the chance is so fucking low, like, there. To, to, and I think that he's also just referring to this, like, the chance is very low, like, incredibly low, you know? That's two different species or two different universes, if you will, as well, uh, that they're choosing the exact same motherfucking shit, like, uh, the chance, like, zero. As well as you being a human being, you know, the chance is also quite zero. Or you being alive, actually, and a human being. There's only one design space and everything actual in it is united with everything else. We could lose the Principa and math would still have been figured out. But if we lost the Eiffel Tower's designer, it would have never been built. Um, yes. Well, maybe it would have been built, but it would not be the exact same Eiffel Tower that we're having at this point in time. So, hmm, you know. Priming, priming, I'm sorry, priming Darwin's pump. We are seriously trying to get at the truth here, and if you think that this common but unspoken understanding about faith is anything better than socially useful uh, obfuscation to avoid mutual embarrassment and loss of faith, you have either seen much more deeply into this issue than any philosopher ever has, or you're kidding yourself. <laughs> Here's a quandary. Uh, quandary, I'm sorry, quandary. Since living... What? Since living things have existed for only a finite time, there must have been a first one, but since all living things are complex, there could have been, there couldn't have been a first one. Which, uh, per se, is, is, you know, pretty, I mean, if we really go back in time, a really, really, really long time ago, then um, there must have been some bacteria somewhere. Um, I don't know if they just came to, to Earth as a planet, or whether uh, they have already been there, or just some other shit was going on. I just don't really know the evolutionary theory, and or just how the Earth, um, quote-unquote, was made. Not really, but you know what I mean, for the lack of uh, a better vocab there, or a better word there. Um, I mean, of course, uh, if it is about bacteria, if it is about something like that, there has to be a first one. But I get what he's referring to, you know, but, you know, yeah... Well, the building blocks of life began their careers as quasi-parasites or parasites of sorts, clinging to replicating clay particles and growing in complexity in the further ends of the needs, quote-unquote, of the clay particles until they reached a point where they could fend for themselves. No skyhooks, just a ladder that could, have, that could be thrown away once it had been climbed. What must be the case is not that we are here, but that since we are here, we evolved from primates. I do want to repeat it. What must be the case is not that we are here, but that since we are here, we evolved from primates. Interesting thought, though. You know, I, by the way, just appreciate it a lot when people are able to put very complex ideas into words, because not everyone is able to do so, and it is a very huge contribution to the human species, because, um, because I don't know, like... If you're able to do so, and if you're able to basically therefore also explain something, uh, it's amazing, you know, because other people are then able to understand it as well, if they haven't understood it before, which I'm assuming, because if you can't put it in words, then it's probably just pretty difficult, you know, even though, uh, and this is something that I kind of have seen also in myself as well, 
if you're like, well, you know, I have got it, but I just can't explain it, then I, to a certain degree, believe that you haven't just got it, because you can't explain it, because there is, you know, because, or maybe you just haven't found the right words. This could also be the case, which leads to the initial thought of the whole rant here. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, biology is engineering. The local rule is fundamental to Darwinism. It is equivalent to the requirement that there cannot be any intelligent or far-seeing foresight in the design process, but only ultimately stupid opportunistic exploration wherever lucky lifting happens your way. Well, only some things in the universe manifest intentionally. Uh, no, this is not the right word. Manifest intentionality. A book of a book or a painting can be bought can be about a mountain, but a mountain itself is not about anything. A map or a sign or a dream or a song can be about Paris, but Paris is not about anything. Where does intentionality come from? It comes from minds, of course, you know, minds from human minds. Um, even not, not, not necessarily, I mean, because monkeys can also paint. But is it just intentionally? Is it just an intention that they're just drawing this particular thing? I don't know. And I wonder if anybody knows. But, but we for sure do something quite intentionally. You know, we're painting something because we want to paint something. So it is, um, yeah, there is an intention behind it, I think. You are made of robots or what comes to the same thing, a collection of drilling of macromolecular machines. And all of these are ultimately descended from the original macros. So something made of robots can exhibit genuine consciousness or genuine inten- intentionality because you do if anything does. So something made of robots can can exhibit genuine consciousness. I'm not sure. Well, I, I get the point. I really do get the point. And I think it is an amazing point to make because it is for sure, or, or he is for sure going for AI or just KI if you want to have it in fucking German. Um, no, but, but, you know, I think that this is an, an ongoing debate still, whether a robotic machinery or AI, if it is consciously thinking, which I think at my point of view is also kind of evolving creativity, isn't it? And if it is intentionally doing some things and whatnot, so um, is it, yeah, yeah, is it doing this? I know, is AI doing this since it is made out of quote-unquote robots, I guess, you know, if you know, I think that robots per se is not the best word to use here, but but I get it. And if the winner of a coin flipping tournament thinks that there has to be an explanation of why he won or actually she, he is mistaken. There is no reason at all why he won. Here is only a very good reason why somebody won. Yeah, because they had a fucking tournament and somebody has to win. That's the reason why somebody won. Evolution. Well. I, I'm I'm not sure. I think that that we as human beings we are often trying to basically make stories out of certain events and try to form certain narratives out of certain events and or certain uh, sequences of events. For example, I mean, if something happens and it happens once again and once again just the next day, like three days in a row, then you might be thinking like, well, what have I done? And whether it is something good or something bad, you're probably going to be like, well. Uh, this is interesting, you know, why is it happening so often at this point of time and stuff like that, but there just might just not be any reason for just this happening, quite. So I get it, but I still think that 
You know, I still also believe that it is not that of a bad thing to make stories out of these events that you're just experiencing. Because, I don't know, if it is just making you happy, then it is a good thing. If it is making you unhappy, then, I don't know, think about it once again. But, but yeah, I think you get my point. Evolution does explain all the features that you inherited from your ancestors, but not by explaining why you are lucky enough to have them. Consider, you order a new car... What you order and you carry and specify that it be green. On the appointed day, you go to, uh, you go to the dealership. I think it's actually car, isn't it? You know, not carry. Well, I don't actually know. Uh, you go to the dealership and there it sits green and new. Which is the right question to ask? Why is this car green or why is this green car here? Well, just if you think about the answer, why is this car green? Because I have chosen it. To be green or i've said it or I've, uh, I've i've bought it as a green car i wanted it to be green i think this is the right word and why is this green car here also because i've bought it so i don't really 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 uh, i think uh, hmm, uh, now i get it <laughs> uh, well just evolutionary just because i thought about it literally like about a car um, but it definitely is like another way to explain what, what the point is. And if I'm understanding correctly, and if I'm thinking about eyes, you know, why is my pupil or iris, why is it green? Um, but why is it here? And I think the second question is more interesting because like, why is my eye in the place where it is? And not why it is just green or why it is just round. And well, of course, this can also be a very interesting question, but I think it is... Um, more easily answered. I mean, why is my eye round? Yeah, because you have to kind of just move it. And round objects move uh, just better than squared objects or edged objects. I think, you know, it, it's probably not going to be kind of the quote-unquote right explanation or neither a good explanation, but you get my point. Achievements that at first seem either literally miraculous or at least intrinsically mind-dependent can be broken down into the ever-small achievements of ever-smaller and stupider mechanisms. Yes, indeed, you know, because all of these amazing things that we've been doing are consisting of very small fucking things that we've been doing probably for just quite a long time. Uh, I've just actually been thinking about aircrafts and planes and I think like, well, that this fucking thing is flying is an insane thing. Of course it is, and it is an amazing thing as well, but just going back to, I don't know, making metal, we've been just achieving that, then we've been able to build things, we've been able to make screws, we've been able to invent screws, and all of that shit, so you can indeed break it down to the smallest mechanism, and, and well, actually, stupid if you want to think about it in that way, because because it is easy and because it at this point of time seems to be easy and or stupid and or stupidly easy and such things. But yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting indeed. The next thing, searching for quality. I do wonder what quality is all about and, and what quality they are referring to there, but we're gonna see. Even small children can readily learn to manipulate such complicated objects as VCRs. They are operating from what I call the design stance. The VCR repairer knows a great deal more about the design of the VCR and knows roughly how all the interior parts interact to produce both proper functioning and 
pathological functioning. Uh, what is BT? I don't know. Uh, may also be quite oblivious of the underlying physics of the processes. Only the designer of the VCR had to understand the physics. They are the ones who must descend to what are called the physical stance. Well, you know, first of all, the repairer and also the maker of these or the designer of these VCRs, uh, they, well, does the, des the repairer has to know? Hmm, maybe not really, but I th the designer, of course, like if you're doing something, then... I don't, well, I don't also necessarily want to say that they have to know that, but I think it is better for them to know that, which I do think kind of makes the thing work maybe at all or for sure. Uh, secondly, better. And thirdly, uh, consistently. I mean, if you for sure know that this is the way to build something, then you can just make it 3,000 times or a billion times. But if you don't really know, then you might just get it right the first time and get it wrong the, the third time and right again the fourth time. So, yeah, it would at least make sense, kind of. But when they engage in reverse engineering of some other manufacturer's VCR, they avail themselves not only of the physical stance, but also of what I call the intentional stance. They try to figure out what the designers had in mind. Which are very interesting thoughts, by the way. You know, just um, kind of translating that into evolution and then human beings and things. Because, I don't know, like somebody that is repairing the body, which might be a surgeon, which might be a doctor, they need to know how things are working together. Um, but I think it also makes sense for them to know the physics, because they, I think, also play a role in how things are working and how things are working in, in, in sequence as well and stuff like that. But, but yeah, but if you're just taking it very meta, and if you think about it like... I don't know, like maybe the structure of our body, like the particular molecular structure of our body, then we don't really have to know that, not necessarily. But our maker um, certainly had to know that, I think. Because if you don't know it, then you can't just put us together quite. If this somehow makes sense, what I'm referring to. Yeah. The aquatic apes theory, aquatic ape hypothesis. The tragedy of the common occurs when there is a finite public or shared resource that individuals will be selfish tempted to take more of than their fair share, such as the edible fish in the oceans. Yeah, this is also why redwoods and other trees have to keep making themselves as tall as possible. The, tra well, 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 the tragedy of common occurs, of commons occurs when there is a finite public, quote-unquote, or shared resource that individuals will be selfishly tempted to take more of than their fair share, or actually what than what they need, such as the edible fish in the oceans. This is also why redwoods and other trees have to keep making themselves as tall as possible so that they can endure that, maybe? I don't know. Well, bully for brontosaurus. Intentional object... Oh, that, that, that's it? Oh. I never ever just know what it is some 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 subheadline or something, or whether it is just I don't know something on its own. I don't know. Intentional objects are the creations of beliefs, and hence they play a more direct role in guiding or misguiding people's behavior than uh, than do the real objects they purport to be identical though or identical to. The gold in Fort Knox, for example, is less important than what is believed about it, and the Albert Einstein myth is, like Santa Claus, much better known than the relatively dimly remembered historical fellow. 
And again, we're talking about stories, isn't it? You know, we like to make stories out of fucking everything, whether it's, uh, you know, for marketing purposes or just selling purposes or what it is for our own happiness, uh, health, if you will, as well, and all sorts of things. Um, we like to, to make stories up, you know, something that we, we really like to be doing, I would say. And yeah, I think I'm going to end the episode there. It's been actually way better than the first one that I've been recording. I don't know, maybe it's just the day. I don't actually know why, but um, it feels like I have understood something at least. Well, yeah, anyway, I wish you the best health of happiness and also success. And also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy and basically means just being a nice person. And then also being remembered as a nice person, which is a fucking amazing thing. Three other questions that I'm having for you are... Why are you here? What are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea, which is a pretty cool thing. You know, it's a really fucking cool thing. Another question that I have for you is, what could you do? What could you say? What could you make that really changes somebody's life or at least day or month or week? Because I totally believe that we can all do something. You know, we all can say something at least a compliment, for example, that is really making somebody's day. But yeah, with that being said, I'm going to see you the next time. Bye-bye. And, and please stay kind, patient, generous, and a good overall human being. I just thought about, well, you know, you maybe in the future there's going to be a day where I just don't have to say human being or when it actually, or when it actually makes sense to say human being because there's also other beings on this planet. But I don't know. Anyway... I'm gonna see you the next time. Bye bye. And I wish you the best day. You know? And and I can't end the recording there anyway. Just so we will uh, see basically. We will see basically, motherfucker. Uh.